Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL and We are heard in the greater Concord area on 103.9 FM. In the greater Manchester area on 101.9 FM. AM 1450, the original WKXL signal, of course, and around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And this is a segment I look forward to the first Tuesday of every month. We have an opportunity to check in with the great people at the New Hampshire Insurance Department. And this morning, we welcome a gentleman who has been there for, oh, 30 years or so, and that is James Fox. James, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us. Uh, Great to be on the show. And uh, James is the, uh, well, he's uh, involved with uh, property and casualty. In fact, he's the director at the uh, property and casualty department of uh, New Hampshire Insurance. And uh, James, you've been doing it for a long time. I'm sure you've seen uh, a lot of changes over those 30 years. Uh, yeah, actually, I started as a, as a law clerk in the court system doing uh, coverage cases, and then I worked as a coverage attorney for years, and then I went to the department. So it's been, but cumulatively, it's been since the 90s, so that's why I say 30 years. You know, uh, you know oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And yeah, there's, there's been a lot of changes, but I know we're here to talk about auto today, but auto has been a, a pr- pretty, pretty steady. It's a highly regulated uh, area of insurance for the state. You know, I, I always ask uh, when we have folks on uh, from uh, from your department uh, how they got involved uh, in insurance because, you know, I, I can't see as a kid, you know, growing up, say, you know, I want to work uh, in, in the insurance department uh, at, at in the state of New Hampshire. How, you got involved as a clerk in the courts? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I went to law school, and uh, I mean, it, interesting you say that. We, there, there was a class in law school called uh, insurance, and I was like, why would anybody take that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but then I, uh, after you get out of law school, a lot of people become law clerks. So I was a law clerk for the New Hampshire Superior Court, and they handle a lot of uh, insurance coverage cases. So the insurance company and the consumer disagree, so uh, they go to court. And one of the great things about that is if the consumer wins, they get their attorney's fees paid. So I wrote, uh, well, the judges, and I helped them, wrote a lot of opinions about insurance, and I kind of found it to be an interesting area. Uh, and, it, you know, it does help consumers a lot because it's how you protect your assets in life. So there's really, if you think about it, there's two sides to, to the financial sector. There's the banking side, which is regulated in New Hampshire too, obviously, and then the insurance side. So we're on the insurance side. And it's, it's a very fascinating world if, uh, you know, people are interested in, uh, you know, in that kind of stuff. Well, no, that that is very true. And, uh, you know, there are so few people that I know, including myself, probably mostly myself, that, you know, don't understand all the ins and outs of the insurance world. So that's why we uh, depend on uh, on you folks to uh, to explain it all and, and protect us as well. Yeah, yeah, and I would say, you know, I would say, you know, I know we're here for auto today. So the legislature, I, I feel in New Hampshire has done a really good job um, helping uh, protect consumers by putting uh, what we call mandatory minimums in place for people. Now, New Hampshire, I would have to think, is a rather unusual state because we don't require auto insurance. How many states fall into that category? Uh, so, yeah, we are alone. Well, alone? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the other 49 states have, uh, I said mandatory minimums. We have mandatory minimums. We don't have mandatory insurance. So it's, right. 
we we are what's called a take all commerce state uh, as opposed to a mandatory insurance state. We're the only one. Uh, so in all the other forty nine states, there's, there's mandatory insurance. You have to get insurance. Usually, right. it's, it's it's tied to the registration of your car a lot of times. Uh, in New Hampshire, we do a take all commerce. We say all the insurance companies must. Uh, provide insurance to whoever requests it. Um, so if you're an auto insurer and you're selling insurance in New Hampshire, you must provide insurance to everyone. Uh, now, I will say uh, New Hampshire always has a high rate of auto insurance. Most people in New Hampshire have auto insurance. We do compare very well to other states. So, yeah, it's not mandatory, but um, a lot of people, most people overwhelmingly have it. So, And I think part of that is we have such a a competitive market that there are a lot of insurance companies and our rates are in our premiums therefore how much you have to pay is is, is pretty low so it's not a an expensive item in auto insurance to purchase so i think our system is working quite well but there are still some people out there who roll the dice as as it were and 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 do not have it but i i'm sure that uh, you would encourage everyone uh, to be insured, because uh, if you're not, it, it could lead to lots of issues. Right, yeah, uh, yeah, we just mentioned your assets. So um, the, the first reason you want to be uh, insured is that you know insurance is a really a protection for your assets. So uh, if you have assets of any kind and, and you don't want to lose them, you want to, and there's you know, an auto accident, which happens every day, um, then you, you would want to have insurance to, to cover those assets. So instead of your assets, the insurance company pays pays for the for the loss. Uh, so that's you know, and it's not expensive. So there's like the positive reason that that's it. Uh, and again, I said we're, we're not the other little piece about we're not a we're, we're not a mandatory state. But the other thing you you can do is you, you get, when you buy insurance in New Hampshire, you're, you're really protecting yourself. So we have uh, liability insurance. If you look at a policy, then there's something called uninsured motorist insurance. So if, some, if an, there's an uninsured motorist out there uh, who doesn't have insurance, and you get it, and they cause an accident, and they hurt you, then you get the coverage from your policy. So, so you're you're also fully protected. Cause I don't, so I don't want to scare anybody. Uh, and then also, if you have collision. Um, your collision, uh, we have a deductible waiver, so you don't have to pay for a deductible on collision if if, if it's um, not your fault and the other person's uninsured. But the so there's the, a lot of positive things in New Hampshire. But the the other like kind of the either other reasons you don't want to not have insurance is really two things always come to mind. One, if if you're at fault for an accident, um, you're required to under the under the Department of Safety laws, the Financial Responsibility Act, it's called, to cover. Um, that accident up to those mandatory minimums because that is the mandatory minimum. So if you don't have insurance in the state of New Hampshire, which you're not required to do in the first instance, you're also kind of promising everybody else in the state that you're going to be able to cover that that $25,000 mandatory minimum. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, then they take your license away until you can. So in my mind, it's much better to to buy an insurance policy for much lower price uh, as opposed to having to pay out money, thousands and thousands of dollars to get your license back or negotiate to get your license back or have hearings. And then the other little piece that you have to be careful of is if you decide to just, uh, you know, go bare and not have insurance, then you only really can drive in the state of New Hampshire. If you leave the state of New Hampshire and you get pulled over, that's when they, New Hampshire, in New Hampshire, they don't say license and, and insurance card. And uh, they say license registration. In um, Massachusetts, for example, and we get this call sometimes, it, 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 they want your insurance, proof of insurance. Mm-hmm. And then when you can't provide your proof of insurance, then they give you a ticket for failure to have insurance. So really, and then we've had people call, that's not fair, we don't have to have insurance in New Hampshire. And that's true, but to, to drive in these other states, you have to have insurance. 
So really, those are the two big like negatives. The positive is you're protecting yourself, and the negative is you might lose your license if you can't cover the minimum, and if you go into another state, you might get a ticket. So uh, we definitely strongly encourage people to to get insurance for their automobiles, especially because it's such a competitive market, yeah. and it's so affordable. Yeah, and you know, it really is. I, I think it, it is something... That uh, you know, I I don't I don't say it's it's come down over the years, but compared to the rate of inflation, it has. I, I mean, it it really hasn't kept up with the rate of inflation. I mean, it hasn't gone up like uh, we see many, uh, you know, many items and high ticket items and uh, services and food and all that stuff. Uh, insurance has not gone up exponentially like some other things. And and you can shop. You, there are so many insurance. That's the competitive piece. There's so many insurance companies selling insurance that you can, you should definitely, um, you know, look look at the different companies, not just not just zero in on one. That's um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my, my, my favorite company is this company. I've been there a long time. But you also have to remember, again, this is a highly regulated area, so all the policies are very similar, and uh, a lot of times you get a discount. It's called the the um, new customer discount. So. If you've been there a long time, you're not getting that. So uh, it's definitely uh, something that uh, pretty. I think every every commissioner who's been here said you should shop your particularly your auto insurance. Yep, no um, doubt. So, and we have a lot of great uh, local I- insurance agents here in in the state of New Hampshire. No doubt about that. Yes, a lot a lot of great uh, uh, local insurance agents. Yeah, uh, something a lot of people don't consider when it comes to auto insurance is what they should do if they use their car for work. And I, I think there's a growing number of people uh, who do that, uh, you know, especially uh, delivery drivers or transporting people like uh, you know, pizza delivery, Uber, DoorDash, Instacart. Uh, what should people do uh, if they utilize their personal vehicle for, for these jobs? So this this is a this is a coverage issue. So this this is important. And as as I mentioned earlier, we have mandatory minimum limits. So that's a statutory requirement. Mm-hmm. Then that's twenty five fifty twenty five. It's called. So it's twenty five um, per uh, injured person, fifty thousand per accident, and then twenty five thousand for property damage. But most people. You probably have a policy much higher than twenty five, fifty, twenty five. Like you have like a one three, one hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, or a five hundred thousand total number. Um, but so, but all these. So these are. So if you look at your personal lines policies, that's your. Your. I'm a, just a, not. I'm not a company. I'm a person. I have a, a personal auto policy. Uh, the they have exclusions, and those, those, there are business related exclusions in them because there's also commercial insurance. So there's like you have to decide: am I doing something personal? Am I doing something commercial? And one of the uh, exclusions is if you're doing like livery, if, you, if you're if you're delivering stuff, picking people up. Right. Um, you may think, oh, that I'm not really a, a business; I'm just doing DoorDash on the side. Uh, but the um, insurance company might say, no, the exclusion applies. So if that exclusion does apply, then you're trying to protect your assets. And now you think, I have a $500,000 policy, but that exclusion applies, you drop down to the twenty five fifty because that's the mandatory thing. You can't, you can't get lower than that. Uh, but it's very important uh, to, to determine whatever you're doing, what coverage is you going to have because you ultimately want to protect your assets. Um, so we have said, you just said the agents in the state. I always say if, if you don't know insurance really, really well, it's really uh, a great idea to work with an insurance agent because they do know insurance. 
um, and that way you can be protected. So if you're going to be doing something like if you're just a, if you're going to work at a pizza shop and you're going to deliver pizzas, uh, there is an exclusion for that. So you would want to call uh, your insurance agent and say, look, I'm, gonna, I'm my you know say, say you're a parent. Say my my kid just started uh, working at uh, you know the local pizza shop, and uh, he's going to be delivering pizzas. I, I want to make sure whatever insurance coverage we have is going to cover that. Exactly. Uh, and then and then that's then they'll they'll talk to the insurance company they'll make sure you have what you need um now that you, you mentioned um well i'll tell you what Uber. i'm gonna I'm jump in we're gonna take right. a quick break okay and and then uh, we're going to uh, get back and talk more with james fox the new hampshire insurance department's director of property and casualty and uh, we'll uh, talk with james right after these words it's kale and company live on wkxl presented by northeast delta dental Kale and Company live here on a Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month, which means we talk insurance with the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and we have the department's director of property and casualty, James Fox, with us. And uh, James, we, before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, people who drive uh, Uber or other re- related companies. Uh, what uh, are the steps that, uh, that they should take and bear in mind? And specifically, Uber. Uber is a little bit different. See, we were talking about the pizza delivery person a second ago. Right. Um, that's the you know, and that's an exclusion. And and you know, the lot very fact specific on a lot of these exclusions. Because one thing I said when I worked for the court system, um, if there's two ways to interpret it, and one of them's going to give you coverage, you you get the coverage. So, um, but to be safe, call your agent. Now, Uber uh, has its own statute, the Transportation Network Company statute. And that one's a, a little bit different. Uh, it, it requires uh, the transportation network company to, to have insurance, um, and uh, so that that would pro- cover you there in the in the first instance. But then, in, in, you'd also want to have your own policy, either covered or not covered. And in that instance, um, we do allow insurance companies to either literally say in an endorsement so that is attached to your policy, we're going to cover this, or we're not going to cover this. And if they say they're not covering that. Then you drop, you don't get the twenty-five, and you drop to zero. That's the only little area in the world that that happens. So again, it's even more important to um, tell your insurance company that you're going to be uh, become an Uber driver, and that you want to make sure you're with a company that has the endorsement that they could put on your policy that says we will cover you. And it's more like on a secondary basis because the Uber company is supposed to have a very large policy uh, to protect you, uh, and they do. Um, but you want to also because you're trying to protect your assets. You want to also have your own personalized policy with coverage to the extent um, the, you never know with a company if it, something bad happens, it goes under, or the, insur- the, insur- you know, the insurance isn't there like you think it's going to be. There's an exclusion. You always want to have as much protection as possible. Yeah, no doubt about it, because you're not, uh, you're not transporting uh, pizza. You're transporting people, and that's, that's a whole other issue, right? And and that's you know something I would say generally uh, you know you said about inflation, uh, which has hit everybody. So you should everybody should you really sit down and say okay what what are my assets that I'm protecting? Uh, if someone you know if I injure someone and they have a bodily uh, you know a bodily injury claim, uh, you know they're they're probably going to be looking for you know quite a bit of of money in in today's world. So you should really. Say what level should I really be at? I think that that that's probably changed how much your limits are, uh, and and people really should probably um, review. I always say always review your coverages, know what your what your limits are in your own policy. Uh, it's important. 
We're talking with uh, James Fox of the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Again, if you have any questions regarding uh, your insurance coverage, the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Division is here to help. Uh, you can contact them by emailing services at ins.nh.gov or calling 800-852-3416. Learn more at nh.gov slash insurance. And of course, James, hopefully one of these days we'll be getting into summer and uh, teen drivers will be hitting the road. What are some of the tips for parents and drivers as to what sort of coverage uh, their youngsters, their teenagers, their new drivers uh, should consider? Well, as, as we said, you know, the, the, the auto in particular, the, the, it's very regulated. So really you want to look at your, your, your limits because if you have a teen driver, um, they're more likely to get an accident. They're micro, you know, therefore more likely to cause damage that needs to be covered. Uh, and so you want to look, okay, what's my liability coverage? And then your, your uninsured motorist, that's going to then equal, your, always equals your liability. Uh, and so if I owe somebody else, how much money is the insurance company willing to, you know, pay? Uh, and then how much the uninsured motorist protects yourself? And there's also this thing called med pay. So if there's an accident, that's a no fault. So if anybody in the, the driver, anybody in the vehicle gets hurt, they get some medical coverage that'll help uh, if like deductibles, if you don't have um, health insurance, that'll cover it. And you can use, you can choose to use your med pay. And the one thing in this area generally, I would say, uh, is that you, y- you should you know, really consider just going on and asking your agent, um, you know, how much would it cost to go up uh, in my, if you, know, if you feel maybe a little bit under. I think most people would be surprised that it's not as expensive to increase limits as they think it would be. Uh, it doesn't move the needle up and down. It's the overall risk that you are tends to drive things. Uh, so that's a, that's a good idea for everybody. The other thing you consider if you have a brand new teen driver and you have, um, and you're, you're worried, concerned about your assets, you, you can also get what's called an umbrella policy. Um, to sit above your auto policy. So, you know, then that could be like I have, you know, a $500,000 underlying auto policy, then I have a $4 million umbrella. And the great thing about umbrella policies is, you know, they're, the design is the idea of umbrella to sit above, um, and that they, um, they're, not that, they're not that expensive. So that, that's a very competitive area, a really competitive area. So it's like one of the best buys in insurance is an umbrella. So anybody who doesn't have an umbrella, who has assets, should really consider um, asking their agent about an umbrella to see where, where they'd be. Now, I, I say you know, everything's competitive, but the one, you know, one of the issues is if you have a, a teen driver, that's a new teen driver that just got their license, that is going to... And living in your household, that's going to increase your increase your premium uh, because they are they are risky. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And uh, again, going back to the umbrella uh, policy, that that covers virtually everything, correct? Um, yeah, it's always scary to say virtually everything. It, it sits yeah. over, you know, for the average person, it sits over your homeowner's policy and your auto policy, and um, so we review all policies here. And one of our our one of our procedures is to, if you know if this is an umbrella policy not an excess then we w- we don't allow the insurance companies to um, limit the coverage um, so much that we don't view it as an umbrella anymore if you put too many holes in the umbrella it's not really an umbrella so yeah, we right. look at it so if you if you're going to do that then we would say it's a uh, you're misrepresenting what the insurance policy is so we would say basically tell the insurance company you got to broaden your coverages so that's one of our roles here we have a forms team that does that and they do a great job you know, you talk about the, the fact that uh, it is more expensive to in, insure uh, younger drivers. Uh, how about older drivers? Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, yes. Uh, that, so, 
um, on both ends of the spectrum, you you know you you're if you're a very young driver, uh, you're uh, especially male, you're very risky. If you're a 40 year old uh, married woman, you're very um, you're not risky at all. And then as you get um, older, um, then you become uh, you become extremely risky uh, again. So basically, on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, your 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 for the insurance company that they view it as risky, and when they say the insurance company views it as risky, they have actuaries, they have these people that go to school, and their whole job is to you know adjust things for basically frequency of loss, and so they would say that a young young person, uh, sixteen who gets their license is has a very high frequency of loss. And then they would say, you know, an older person in their 80s has a high frequency of loss, so um, you're going to end up paying uh, substantially more on both ends of the spectrum. You, you know, in the middle, you're, you know, you're not paying as much. But um, yeah, that those are the two areas where people have to um, pay quite a bit for their insurance. You know, I, I wondered, and, and thankfully, I probably shouldn't even mention this. It's never happened to me, and but and probably hasn't happened to most people. But if you're involved in a a one car. Accident. I mean, you you are solely to blame. You fall asleep at the wheel. You run into a Jersey barrier on, on the road. You you drive off the highway and uh, you know damage your car. Or uh, what? How does it, How does insurance cover that? Well, so so you, you, there's no liability at issue because um, I mean, if you damage somebody else's property, you're going to have the property insurance. So if you right. run off the road and you damage someone else's property. Uh, then, you, then the insurance is going to trigger for the property damage, um, for the liability property damage. So that that would be handled by the insurance company, and that they would negotiate that with the um, other, you know, the the uh, victim. And then for yourself, obviously, if you get injured, then you would go through your health insurance. So it has, and you could use your, but you could also use your med pay that's on your policy. So med, basically, how how it works is there's health insurance and there's med pay, and you're supposed to. Decide which one you want to use. So you can use if it's a very small issue, and you say I'm just going to use my med pay. You could just use your med pay and your auto policy. But if it's a bigger issue, you could say I'm going to use uh, my uh, health insurance, and you could also use your med pay to mix it. But you just can't use the both for the same the same issue. The same uh, say you have a deductible. You can't. I'm sorry, not deductible. You have like some buy some bandages. You can't use it both. You can't use both the insurance. That's double dipping. Double dipping's not allowed. And then the last thing you have your collision. So your, your collision, you'd have a deductible. You'd have to pay your. You get the, the coverage for the car that you damaged, and then you'd pay your deductible. So oh. it, it, there's a way to protect pretty much everything. I guess so, and that's that's good to know. Some great information, James. We really appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate uh, all uh, that, that you do with the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and great having you on uh, every month. We, we uh, truly get a lot out of it, and uh, we hope it continues for a while. It was great talking to you. All right. Thanks, James. Okay, bye. J- James Fox, who is the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Director of Property and Casualty. And again, if you have questions regarding your coverage, the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Division can help. Contact them. You can email them at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov or calling 800-852-3416-3416. Learn more at nh.gov slash insurance. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues after these words on WKXL NH Talk Radio. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. 
It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Always a delight to have you along with us. We have some great guests coming up later on in the week. Neil Levesque will join us tomorrow from the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. Certainly no shortage of topics to talk about when it comes to the uh, political world. Neil will uh, get into those uh, tomorrow. And then Thursday is going to be our race day uh, here on uh, Kale & Company from 8 to 9. Our good friend Lynn Sneerson, who works for NBC Sports, is going to be uh, telling us uh, all about the Kentucky Derby, which is going to be run this Saturday at uh, Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Lynn has some great stats and uh, will we'll help you in your decision on who to select as the winner of the 2023 Run for the Roses, the first leg of Horse Racing's Triple Crown. So uh, Lynn will be on at uh, 8.05 on Thursday, and then uh, later on in that hour, we'll be uh, chatting with David McGrath, who is the uh, general manager, president and general manager of New Hampshire Motor Speedway in uh, Loudoun. So it's going to be our horse racing and auto racing day on uh, Thursday and then the Friday Fun Bunch, of course, uh, this coming Friday. And I, I hope by the time Friday rolls around, we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. The only thing that, fun thing to uh, talk about last night in the sports world anyway were the Red Sox. The Red Sox uh, beat the Toronto Blue Jays by a score of 6-5, to five, another very, very exciting game at, uh, at Fenway Park. And, and most importantly now, folks, the Red Sox, 30 games into the season, have a better record than the New York Yankees. That's really, when it all comes down to it, that's, that's really, really what matters. Red Sox have had a major league leading 11th come-from-behind win last night. How about that? They have come from behind already 11 times. In only 30 games, they've won three in a row, and uh, they have scored 169 runs on the year, which is the third most uh, in the American League. And last night, it was Alex Verdugo again. Alex Verdugo with a walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth inning, and he has done something quite incredible. He has had three walk-off hits already this year. He had one over the weekend, one last night, one prior to that. Three walk-offs already in 2023. And according to Alex Spear, a great baseball writer from the Boston Globe, Verdugo with three walk-offs, walk-off hits already this season. It's the most by a Red Sox player in a season since 2011. When Carl Crawford, of all people, did it. But Alex Verdugo, three walk-off hits already, including the walk-off home run uh, last night. And uh, Emmanuel Valdez hit his first Major League home run in that game. And Jaron Duran had a home run for the Red Sox last night. So the offense is clicking on all cylinders for the uh, Boston Red Sox. Uh, the only difficulty is they're in the toughest, the toughest division in all of baseball, 
And uh, still two games uh, over 500, 16 and 14. They are in fourth place in the division now, and the Yankees are in dead last. Now, I mentioned the Red Sox first because that was the good news. The bad news again emanated from the TD Garden, where the Boston Celtics lost first game of their series, second-round NBA playoff series to the 76ers last night, 119 to 115, star of the game, James Harden, otherwise known as The Beard. You've seen James Harden on many commercials. You've seen him play basketball for years, and many people thought, eh, Harden, he's kind of washed up, right? Well, he wasn't washed up last night. Uh, 45 points for Harden last night in leading the 76ers to uh, a victory at the Garden. Celtics uh, did not take very good care of the basketball last night at the TD Garden. Turnovers really cost them, especially down the stretch. And there were a couple of non-calls last night by the officials that were not reviewed that hurt the Celtics. One was when uh, after uh, a basket, uh, P.J. Tucker of the 76ers kind of waved his forearm and it made contact with a a sensitive area, let's put it that way, of uh, Jason Tatum's body. And uh, Tatum, for a few moments, was writhing in pain. And uh, nothing nothing was said. Uh, uh, nothing was called. There was no technical on, uh, on Tucker. You wonder. There are some who speculate that uh, the NBA might review uh, that, that slap at, uh, at Tatum and perhaps suspend Tucker uh, for a game. We will uh, see what happens there. And the other one was when the Celtics committed a a key turnover, when Malcolm Brogdon, who has really been uh, one of the Celtics' most reliable players of the year, uh, threw the ball away uh, late in the game, there was some question as to whether the Celtics had uh, already committed a 24-second violation before Uh, Philadelphia stole the ball, but that was not reviewed. It's hard to know what's reviewable and and what is not reviewable in terms of replays in the NBA. No one is quite sure. I mean, I even uh, was listening to uh, Brian Scalabrini, uh, who's been, uh, you know, an NBA player for years and uh, in, in, in recent seasons has been covering the Celtics and has his own uh, NBA radio show. And and he doesn't know what's reviewable or not reviewable. So how are just pedestrian fans like myself expected to know what's reviewable and not reviewable by the NBA instant replay system? And those were two instances last night that could have easily been reviewed, but were not. So the Celtics, uh, who uh, got some untimely turnovers last night, uh, you know, I think it was self-inflicted. I think the loss was pretty much self-inflicted because Tatum and Brown have to take over at the end of ball games. As simple as that. Uh, I mean, the Celtics have some very good complementary players. They they really do. Tatum and Brown are the superstars of the team. Superstars take over down the stretch 
in the NBA. That's the way it works. We've seen it in in recent in recent weeks with Jimmy Butler. He single handedly uh, led the Miami Heat over the Milwaukee Bucks uh, late in ball games. So Jimmy Butler takes over for Miami. Uh, we saw James Harden take over for Philadelphia last night. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have to be leaders, have to take over when the game is on the line. You can't depend on the Marcus Smarts of this world or the Derek Whites, Al Horford, uh, you name it, Malcolm Brogdon even, who was a great three-point shooter. But, hey, your, your team is depending on Brown and Tatum, the superstars. I mean, Celtics are, are blessed with some good role players. And they are. That's what they are, role players. Brown and Tatum are the stars. They're, you know what they are? They're too unselfish. They're too unselfish. They look more to distribute than they do to shoot. That's not the way it should be. I mean, Jason Tatum is as capable, probably more capable at this stage of his career of taking over a game than Jimmy Butler or even James Harden. He did have 39 points last night. We really can't complain too much about that, but he's got to take over at the end of the game. You know what? Jalen Brown had 14 points at the end of the first quarter last night. He wound up with 23. That means he only scored nine points in the last 36 minutes of play. These guys should have the ball more often. Not Marcus Smart. Not Derek White. Not Grant Williams. Not even Malcolm Brogdon or Al Horford. Tatum and Brown. Those are the guys you're paying. Those are the superstars. All right, that's my rant of the day. Thank you. We'll take a break. Game two will be played tomorrow night, Wednesday night, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, in uh, Boston, rather, before the scene switches to Philadelphia. So they better win tomorrow night or else they're in deep trouble. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right here. We think on WKXL NH Talk Radio, presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com Great to have you along with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com Sad news in the world of entertainment last night and that Gordon Lightfoot, the Canadian singer-songwriter who's enduring folk hits included The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which ran, I believe, oh, seven minutes and 14 seconds, something like that. As an old disc jockey, we used to play it uh, if we had to take a break, if you know what I mean. And uh, Sundown, of course, he died Monday. Uh, Lightfoot was 84. He died of natural causes at uh, Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto, his death comes less than a month after he canceled his 2023 U.S. and Canada concert schedule on April 11th. That cancellation was due to health-related issues, according to a Facebook post. Lightfoot found success on the U.S. pop charts in 1970 with If You Could Read My Mind. Now, that track also earned the artist his second of four Grammy nominations, that one for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. And his 1976 ballad, 
about the sinking of a Great Lakes cargo ship, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, reached number two on the Billboard charts. His other hits included Carefree Highway. Uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau described the folk icon as one of our greatest singer-songwriters in a tweet Monday night. Expressing his condolences, Trudeau wrote, Gordon Lightfoot captured our country's spirit in his music, and in doing so, he helped shape Canada's soundscape. May his music continue to inspire future generations, and may his legacy live on forever. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, dead at the age of 84. But still, very much alive. The bad boys from Boston, one of whom has a beautiful home on Lake Senape. We're talking about Aerosmith. Steven Tyler spends a lot of time in New Hampshire. Aerosmith fans will have a final chance to see the iconic rock legends in concert. That's right. On Monday, the four-time Grammy winners and Rock and Roll Hall of Famers confirmed suspicions of their farewell tour, announcing Peace Out, a 40-city North American concert uh, tour celebrating their monumental career. A release said after 50 years, 10 world tours, and playing for over 100 million fans, it's time for one last go. It's not goodbye, it's Peace Out. Bandmates uh, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Tom Hamilton, and Brad Whitford added in a joint statement, Get ready and walk this way. You are going to get the best show of our lives. Uh, by the way, uh, drummer Joey Kramer will sit out the tour to focus his full attention on his family and his health, uh, according to the band. Uh, alongside the tour news came a hilarious video in which uh, stars like Eminem, Slash, Bill Burr, uh, Terry Crews, and even Dolly Parton reacted to the news uh, that uh, Aerosmith was going to be uh, doing one last tour. It's going to be uh, produced by Live Nation. The uh, tour will kick off in Philadelphia on September the 2nd with stops in iconic arenas across the U.S. and Canada. And as a matter of fact, the closest to here that you'll be able to see Aerosmith. So make your plans now uh, if you're an Aerosmith fan. New Year's Eve at the TD Garden. So if you don't have uh, any plans for New Year's Eve and you like Aerosmith, that's the perfect place to be on New Year's Eve. At the TD Garden, and I know that uh, tickets, I don't know if tickets are officially on sale. They are on sale uh, on the secondary market. Uh, the tour, which will also uh, feature special guests, the Black Crows, is currently scheduled to wrap up in Montreal at the Bell Center on January 26, 2024. Though uh, it's rumored that... Uh, other cities domestically and internationally could be added to that tour. Now, I have to say, I, I saw Aerosmith once. I, it was either a 1972 or 73 at a, a very small club 
in Boston in Kenmore Square, the Rathskeller, 72 or 73. I was going to a, a broadcasting school. Believe it or not, I actually went to school for a year for this. Uh, and one of the, uh, the female students there uh, was a huge Aerosmith fan. Nobody else, uh, I, I don't think anybody else uh, in our class, uh, knew about Aerosmith at that time. She said, you got to go. you got to go see this band. And, and I did. I did. And uh, you know what? wasn't really my cup of tea. <laughs> Not at that point in time. That was 72, 73. I, I wasn't into the, you know, the harder stuff. You know, I was, I was more a Carpenters fan myself. But at any rate, years later, I mean many years later, I saw Aerosmith live at uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, and they were incredible. I got to know their music a little bit better when they were more famous, obviously, than they were in 1972 or 73. Uh, but uh, they, they put on a fantastic show. Uh, they really do. I saw them at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield a few years ago. And they really, you talk about rocking the house. That's exactly uh, what they did. So I know tickets are going to be extremely, not only hard to get, but extremely expensive. However, I looked online last night, and they're not as expensive as Taylor Swift. <laughs> and if I had to choose between the two at this stage of my life, I would rather see Aerosmith than Taylor Swift. Call me crazy. But I, I don't have a choice to make because I, I can't afford either one of them. So <laughs> unless somebody's very generous and takes me, I'm, I'm not going to see either one of them. I, I really have little interest in seeing. T I would love to see Aerosmith. Let's put it that way. They, they would be fun to see again at the uh, TD Garden in their hometown uh, of Boston. Now, politically, you got the showbiz stuff. You got the sports uh, now, politically, Manchester Mayor Joyce Craig is uh, taking a big step toward uh, running for New Hampshire governor next year. On Monday, the uh, three-term Democratic mayor of New Hampshire's largest city, that would be the Queen City, announced the formation of a gubernatorial exploratory committee, Craig's first formal step toward launching a 2024 campaign for the corner office. Craig Towden in a statement that during her tenure steering Manchester, and I quote here, we've added thousands of new jobs, hundreds of affordable housing units, decreased school uh, class sizes, and reduced violent crime by 38%. So, uh, Joyce Craig has not officially thrown her hat into the ring, uh, but... Uh, she's making overtures, and the mayor uh, unveiled a large list of uh, leading political leaders heading up her gubernatorial exploratory committee, led by four-term Governor John Lynch and former First Lady Susan Lynch. So she has the backers uh, of uh, uh, those people. John Lynch, terrific guy. I don't always agree with uh, his politics, but you couldn't meet a nicer guy. In fact, uh, when I was doing uh, radio on another station, 
Uh, John Lynch was was kind enough on a number of occasions uh, when uh, myself and uh, Peter St. James are doing a morning show at a station that I I will not name, but uh, played music. John Lynch would come over and uh, bring us ice cream. And uh, Peter never ate the ice cream, but uh, but I certainly did. Brought, brought us uh, ice cream from uh, you know the famous Bo Mobile right off uh, exit one of, of eighty nine. So at any rate, it should be interesting. Uh, Dr. Tom Sherman, who ran last time against Governor Sununu, said uh, he's out of the race. Uh, a person very familiar to Concord residents, Cindy Warmington, uh, is thinking about it. And on the Republican side, uh, the names have been floated like Chuck Morse, Frank Adelbutt, former Senator Kelly Ayotte, and of course, we don't know what Governor Sununu is going to do. Is he going to run for president? Will he run for governor again? Who knows? That'll do it. That's one thing I do know. Our time has run out for this Tuesday. Hey, tomorrow we'll be joined by Neil Levesque. We'll talk more about... Joyce Craig, Chris Sununu, John Sununu, maybe. Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have lots to talk about politically. Vivek Ramaswamy, perhaps, as well. That'll do it. Kale and Company, live here on WKXL. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Make it a great Tuesday, everybody. <laughs>